Mana 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 this is social disgusting welcome to social disgusting a podcast where my guests and i discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves i am brandon aka brandon i hope you're well my guest is a returning one having previously been on episode 86 just over two years ago which is wild he's a director he's an editor a maker of music videos, let's say, having directed some great ones for Tim Heidecker, Kiro Kiro Benito, and Ed Dowie, amongst others. And we catch him hip deep in having a capital M moment, really, with the release of two music videos, one for Steve Mason's No More, and the incredible 41-minute epic for Richard Dawson's The Hermit, a former guest, no less. Not to mention, he's got a cameo in the video for Jock's Rep's Greatest Hits. What a great song. I can't stop listening to that song. It's amazing. First time I heard that band, too, so I'm woefully ignorant. Please welcome back... James Hankins, welcome back. Hello. I like the way you build the cameo in there as well. Like it was a, an important Man, moment you... of, you know, in the history of uh, pop music. <laughs> I'm glad that you, well, A, that you're in it because then you posted it because then I became aware of Jockstrap. I didn't know about them. Is that and the I... first time you'd heard them? Yes, I'm completely ignorant. I love that song. Oh, great. Yeah, it's a, it's a great song. It's a great album. It's probably my, yeah, it's definitely, it's my favorite album of the year. I've been I've been a fan for the past well since I began really and just just getting really just get obsessed with them <laughs> just every so often a band will come along and I'll just get really obsessed with everything they do I just think I just I think they're just so great and and I, I and um I kind of feel like I would like to be in that band like you know if I was still doing band related things these days that's the kind of music and stuff i'd love to do, you know like be a part of I, th- I think they've got a really great sense of humor as well and they just they're just they're interesting characters they're um they're funny people and um i think they're they'll do lots of great i mean george's does lots of other things anyway but um uh yeah i'm glad you like like it i'll find this out once i delve into their oeuvre but is greatest it's representative of their sound or is that like a departure for them oh it's really uh it's not um the thing is, they're all over the place, really. They've okay. they've recorded like yeah, lots. Of, I mean, there's sort of lots of different styles, lots of different things going on. I wouldn't say that is. I think you need to hear everything to sort of get a full picture. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like one of the most immediate songs, I guess. Sort of. More, more sort of straightforward ones maybe based on the sound and just how catchy it is and how interesting it is that it could easily be earmarked of oh that's the single you know that's the lead single because it's i love that song so much it's so good yeah yeah and with it with that title you can't <laughs> you can't not have that as a single so gotta start somewhere because that's just how these things work i guess but how are you and for that matter how have you been i'm good actually i'm really good feeling I just yeah, I've finished a lot of things recently, so I've got that f- lovely feeling of just like lifting a lot of things off my shoulders. I was getting a bit bogged down with it all, and uh, I can see I can see clearly now. <laughs> I, can, <laughs> yeah. I can see a, a road ahead to like uh, next year. I was sort of thinking about next year, which is quite exciting. I was like you know like thinking a few months ahead, and I've got a few projects coming up which I'm excited about and. Yeah, things are good. Things are really good. Yeah, I've just moved house as well, so um, this, that still feels quite... You know, I keep walking into, diff- like, getting up and walking around going, oh, yeah, I'm I'm in this new space. And, like, I don't know, <laughs> it just, I just sometimes just kind of stand in the living room and just sort of 
I don't sit down, I just like look around. <laughs> yeah. And because I haven't decorated anything yet and there's still boxes unpacked. So um, it's all still quite exciting. And I haven't really, actually I have spent time here, but it feels like I've only just been in this study room just editing. So I need to, you know, decorate basically. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're in the middle of probably layers of decompression. I mean, somewhat. You're going, we're mere days away from you doing a screening of The Hermit with a Q&A moderated by Adam Buxton, which is really exciting. And it's going to be playing in cinemas, which is awesome. That's such a unique experience to be able to show your music video anything in a theater these days, but let alone a music video. That's really exciting. It's really nice. Um, I'm, I'm a huge Adam Buxton fan, and like... I kind of grew up on the Adam and Joe show. I don't know if you were familiar with that. And uh, that was like my favorite thing when I was a teenager. So um, I've had a weird few weeks of, you know, that news. And then I've just done something for someone else who I was, you know, uh, Steve Mason from the Beta Band, who I was a big fan of back in the day. So and then I just had something else come up actually literally yesterday, which was another Thing from, from no, I'm just basically re, reliving the 90s here. Um, uh, another one of my sort of teenage favorite bands have got in contact, so it's kind of I don't know what's going on, but it's like it's all the all the uh, I'm getting a chance to yeah relive the, my 90s with with these heroes. But um, yeah, Adam Buxton, I've never met him. I'm looking forward to meeting him, and um, uh, I hope he's nice at the. Uh, Q&A and hope he treats us well I mean I I know yeah because he does these things all the time he knows what he's doing but um uh yeah it's gonna be exciting and it'll be exciting to see see what I've just been working on like on a small screen you know on the on the big screen and uh yeah see how that feels um quite nervous actually about just that whole experience because it's difficult when you sit in with it's bad enough when you're sitting watching something you've made with someone you know if it's just a friend or whatever in the room yeah it's watching it on youtube or whatever but i i think it's going to be really uncomfortable watching it in full of like you know these aren't big cinemas but you know like a 100 200 people you know kind of thing um um so i hope i'm not gonna like completely melt away <laughs> i think though i might have to like there'll be a point where i run out the door and um, vomit everywhere <laughs> Even just like, you know, you write something, you show it to somebody, regardless of what the art is, that's an incredibly vulnerable thing to do. And some people, you know, you hear about actors and they're they're like, oh yeah, I can watch myself, no problem. I, I'm not an actor, but I couldn't imagine being comfortable watching myself like that. You know, as much as like, hopefully like, oh, that was a good performance. I'd also see like, should have done this, could have done that. And there's a helplessness in that because it's done. We're watching it. Here we are. That's it. You're looking yeah. for a microscope at like the tiny little details and no one cares about the, de you know, everyone's looking yeah. at the, the bigger picture and you're like focusing on like wrinkles or, or just like tiny little shadow, shadows that should be in different places or whatever, you know. Um, but no, it's, 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 yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I am. But I guess that's a good thing to remember about an audience is that as much as you know everything behind what they're watching in this case, and you're looking at what, in certain respects, it isn't, they're, all they're seeing is what it is. Mm. And that's really cool because they're not going into being like, I'm going to hate this, fuck this. No, <laughs> they're excited. <laughs> they're there for it. I mean, they're, they're there for Richard. They're there because they're Richard's <laughs> fans, I, I'm guessing. And um, so they're, they're prepared for, you know, um, Richard's fans are like, you know, they're, they're used to being put through, like, you know, being tested in some way, you know. Uh, so um, I think they'll be, they'll be open to um, 
what they watch and see. I mean, they're, they're going there for to hear Richard's song for the first time. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. It's like a um, just for the listeners. It's like a forty-one minute sort of epic uh, album opener, <laughs> and uh, it's pretty wild. There's not really much. I, I don't really think there's much like it. Oh, not that I've heard anyway. So. Um, they're there for that, and then the visuals are just like a you know a secondary thing, really. So it's an incredible song. It's incredible, and to your point, <laughs> lengthwise certainly, but also just in terms of the song itself, I, I've never heard anything quite like it. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's fascinating. I still don't really. Do you know what? Like when I was working on it, I deliberately didn't get too. I mean, I didn't listen too closely to the lyrics and things because actually that would be a nightmare trying to like you know work stuff in with with that, and I just just trying to just get the feel of it but then since it's been finished and I've gone and actually I put subtitle uh, rich and kind of wanted subtitle you know like the, the lyrics down the subtitles so I had to um put those in and I was like oh my god and I, in my head I'd been singing and humming along to the wrong words even though I had all the lyrics sent to me when I got the song I, I deliberately didn't look at them but and I, I was reading it I was like this is incredible you know like I knew it was amazing but just actually reading each line carefully and thinking about it a bit more made me think just how amazing it was I, I can't wait for everyone to hear it I mean I, we were joking about it like whether uh, it would actually go I mean, the, the whole I think the whole idea why they've chosen to sort of make a video for it was that you know of course the first single 40 minute one minute single is not going to get like any radio play but we were thinking that could potentially we there's one english dj that might try and play the whole thing i would i would absolutely it'd be hilarious if he did that'd be amazing yeah i think i mean they have played whole albums on the radio before so maybe they would i don't know but um yeah so the the idea was that of course that wouldn't happen so Richard decided that they'd make a uh, a film for it, and then well, then the idea of showing it in little cinemas came up. So I'm sure people have done that before, but it it does feel like I haven't heard of people doing it recently. I don't know. I get the sense that there's like artists out there, music music artists that are starting to think maybe in like longer form and like making films and things and just just mixing up from just the, yeah I, I don't know i feel like music videos are kind of in a funny place at the moment but then i always say that i always think they're in a funny place because i think it's because we don't have like tv shows dedicated to them so it's hard to know exactly what the the general um mood is for them not mood what do i mean um the climate for it yeah the climate that's what i mean yeah but i i just have a feeling that it's going to be a lot more like longer you know i know beyonce did it you know obviously with lemonade but you know like people doing whole album films for whole albums and things maybe people that don't quite have the same cachet that she has to do whatever she wants and people will accept it like it's a ballsy move to do a 41 minute music video and song it's gutsy in terms of potential commercial implications i suppose but you know somebody like richard like he said in his interviews he's just doing it because that's what they arrived at you know, that's kind of where the song took them and that's what it came to, which I really respect because there are plenty of people that would be like, yeah, we could do that, but I also need to eat and this might impugn that. So let's just do a single that's three and a half minutes or whatever, put out the video and then there you go. So, there are actually some quite catchy tunes on the album as well. So it's kind of, uh, there are, they are, they are on there as well. Yeah, I'm really interested in hearing it. Yeah, to your point, by the way, with the lyrics, the lyrics popped up in the video when I was watching it. And so I, I tried to focus on that. And you can get lost in that because they're so dense. 
and evocative and interesting. And at one point I thought about transcribing them so I could read them in the totality. I was like, I'm not going to do that. Because honestly, you know, with the video and, and the song, it's kind of as much all of a vibe as it is taking it literally and reading everything he's saying. And honestly, as I've learned looking at some of the words in it too, I'm going to need a thesaurus and or dictionary too. His vocabulary is incredible. Yeah. Um, to figure out what exactly is being said, admittedly. Is the combination of the words as well. And Yes. Does that word exist? Does Richard just make that up? Or is, am <laughs> I just really thick? Or, you know, like, how does... It does leave you wondering what, what he's kind of conjured up and what already... You know, like, whether I just don't know that word. <laughs> I wrote down um, the coda because I was fascinated by it. And it's so beautifully sung. And the way I'm, I'm going to say it now, but it's not going to do justice to the singing at all. But tiny kobolds out at sea, a black wall of cloud in the east, and a taper of rainbow faintly aglow amidst their wakes. Yeah. That's just a beautiful combination of words. It really is. And and that gets repeated over at the end, over and yeah. over. And it's just like, it's a lovely little, well, it's, I say little, it's, I think it's about 11 minutes long, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But it's like this um, beautiful, repeated like lullaby. Yeah. It's a beautiful way to end a music video. Yeah. Because it gives you a lot of space to go and interpret that however you may. But the words themselves are beautiful, individually and collectively beautiful. Yeah. No, lovely. Yeah. Okay, I have a broad question before we get into the Hermit a little bit more specifically, but what is the process of pitching a music video or landing the gig? How does that work exactly? Well, everyone, each one is completely different, I've, I've found anyway. Okay. I'm not really like uh, with like a agency or anything like that. So I tend to get, I've, I've been quite lucky in having people come to me and say, oh, I like what you do. Could you, do you want to pitch for this thing? Or they just say, do you want to do it, you know? And then we just yeah. go ahead and I start talking to the artists. But yeah, I mean, I uh, up until this year, I really, I couldn't start. I really hated pitching and doing the treatments and things like that, just because I'm not great with words. And I'm also, it's just hard. It's quite hard to get what your, you know, your vision out in, onto paper and make it sound good you know it's sellable to people you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> you write something you go no i didn't really mean that i had to write something so i wrote that pitching is a skill it definitely is yeah and i'd love to have some you know it'd be great to work with someone who's like really good at that and i could just sort of say can you do that but i think <laughs> i don't know how, you know i can't do that but um but then actually with this hermit one um and the other one i've just finished the steve mason one i was quite happy with the pitches there and they seemed to go down well and i was like okay maybe maybe you don't have to overthink it maybe just be really you can just be really straightforward and just like you know just just basic lines of just just describing what's what you imagine and and then yeah like the commissioner or label whatever might pick over a few things the artist might do and then um you can discuss them and i mean i'm not so i i'm not even though i've made quite a lot of music videos now I, that process is still quite new to me because i'm just used to doing just someone saying do you want to do it and i go yeah and then it starts <laughs> but i do understand they're you know important especially when the, the budgets get bigger and people take more risks on you you know yeah the hermit one was really good actually because it got me thinking a lot of about the films that I, you know, liked, that I thought this sort of this sort of influenced this, and and Richard and I really bonded over some films and director, and that was quite nice to just be able to sort of like display that in a sort of treatment. What were the films? So the films were um, we had what were the ones? Oh yeah, so the main well we both love 
the Thai director, I'm probably going to say his name wrong now, Apichat Pong. Uh, I'm just going to say Apichat Pong, sorry. Okay. Viva Thankau or something. <laughs> sorry, that's terrible. Um, anyway, I think he's known generally as Joe, but Apichat Pong. His films, I, I mean, I saw, I saw Uncle Boomy quite a long time ago. I saw that was quite a few years ago now. Absolutely loved that. Well, the full title was Uncle Boomy, who can recall his past lives. And that really, like, really blew me away when I saw it. Hadn't really ever seen anything like it. And just, yeah, really sort of <laughs> magical film. Yeah. Then re- more recently I watched... Memoria? Memoria, yeah, that came out last year, which I absolutely love. Cemetery of Splendour. What else did he do? Tropical Maladie. I think Richard was a big fan of Tropical Maladie. Actually, I know he was because he said... Actually, it was on your podcast. I think it came off the back of your podcast. And there were some tweets... And I tweeted him and said, what were the films, you know, you talked about it. Then I said, what, you know, what were the films you talked about? And I went and we watched Tropical Maladie. He also mentioned, I believe, Andre Rublev was one of them. Yes. Um, yes, I think so. I haven't seen that. I haven't either. No. Um, I think yeah, this shows my sensibility a little bit less artistically impressive than him. I think I mentioned Shin Godzilla. Oh, yeah. Which I just love that movie, but it's very impressive taste. Really, really Yeah, taste. he does. So... I, and I, then I think Richard said something about, I think after after hearing me talk about Apachat Apa, oh, Apa Pong, his films, um, that he thought maybe, you know, like if I'm sort of feeling him as a sort of influence and those kind of, and that style and that pace, um, we both love just how, it's just really like slow, slow paced, long takes, mm-hmm. not a lot happens, but it's just a really amazing atmosphere and energy um in in his films and like i don't know it's really hard to put your finger on why they're so special but when i watch them i thought i sort of like fall into like a kind of weird sort of trance and no other people have said that as well and and, and actually when i saw memoria at the cinema i sort of, i didn't fall asleep but i was kind mm. of in between i was just at the point before falling asleep it's like a waking dream yeah, and and a lot of his stuff sort of obviously deals with like dreams and things like that. And and there's a point where in, have you seen the film Memorial? No, not yet. It hadn't come here yet, but I really want to see it. There's a scene where someone falls asleep for like I can't. I don't know exactly. It feels like forever on the screen, but mm-hmm. you know, a, at least a minute, two minutes. The camera is on this person asleep, and it's just it's like oh my god, when are they going to pull away? When are they going to pull away from? Than this sleeping man, and uh, it's just amazing. It's like it's just really brave decision just to hold these really long shots, and I uh, and and it was amazing. And yeah, but you sort of so I was falling, I fell sort of fell asleep during the while I was watching him sleep. But then I I woke up again, and he was still sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my favorite. This is one of the like the best cinema experiences ever because. I can't think of another film that sort of happened, unless, you know, it's like a terrible film that you're falling asleep because you're bored. Wow, this is maybe what he wanted me to do on top of it. I heard it, heard an interview of him where he said, like, that he likes... I think he, he wants sort of people to enter that sort of that zone um, where, yeah, you don't quite know if you're, you know, if you're awake or whatever. But um, So, yeah, we both really liked his films... There's a film called Hard to Be a God, a Russian film, which came out a few years ago, which is amazing. That's more like the, that's just really grimy and really like, it's just, oh, it's amazing. It's like nuts. It's just 
really you can feel and smell everything on the screen it's it's just it's a real slog i think it's like four hours long i've got to watch that it's incredible it's like i've never seen anything like it it's absolutely amazing he died the director died before it got edited so his his mum not his mum sorry his um his wife and his son had to edit it for him i think or they oversaw the editing that's what we're seeing that was kind of like I put that, you know, I put that to Richard as well. I think he was a fan of that. And then, like, Stalker, the film Stalker. I don't know if you ever seen the KLF, you know, the band, the KLF? I don't know that band, no. They made this, like, film called The White Room, which is, like, just them travelling around <laughs> and just sort of just random sort of scenarios, sort of, like, yeah, that's quite a hard one to describe. But that was sort of... I always think about that, because... It's kind of like a cross between a music video. Always a sort of series of moments that like could be... I think they were cut up as music videos, actually. Like, But you can watch it. It's on YouTube, the full thing. That, um, Wings of Desire was another one we uh, was thinking about. Just that kind of like idea of someone walking around and... It, like in what we've made, it's sort of someone like a... You don't know whether he's being seen by other people or not, or whether he's just... Is he there, really there? Or, what other things... Yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, so we, we, we kind of, uh, there are a few points of things, a few, like, things we agreed on, and, and do you know what? We didn't really, like, we didn't talk too much about the whole planning of it. I think I was just sort of left alone to get on with it, and, um, and um, yeah, and then we sort of did what we did. <laughs> Honestly, I could see Richard being like, well, you're the director, so you, you do it. Yeah. <laughs> very strong opinions and he very, he's very like he's he wants he's he knows what he doesn't want i think that's the best way to put it he's like but he he has i really like how he we were like just shooting stuff then all of a sudden he'll go oh, james i think i'll do a little dance now <laughs> we'll go oh, maybe i'll just do this and it's something really random and like strange and i'm like yeah that's brilliant that's exactly it. That's what we need. Just these random moments. And um, he was very good at That was a nice moment in the video too. I enjoyed that. His dance in the gymnasium quite a bit. Yeah, that was funny because that we weren't, you know, we did, weren't planning on going in that gym. He saw it um, when we, we were filming other scenes. And he went, James, I've just seen this gym down down the hallway. Could we go in there? And we didn't have time to do it. And we were being pushed, like, because we were up against it. And we were just like begged the producer to just let us in there would be five minutes who ran in there and just did a dance literally like <laughs> two minutes and then came back out again so he, he he's very good he's brought like a lot of cool little random things i mean i like when i'm shooting stuff i love to you know once you've got down what you want to do i love to sort of come up with sort of improvise things and just see see what happens so um i was happy that he wanted to do that too um yeah so is that how you shoot then like you you nail down the concept you know you know what you want and then you leave time to be able to create organic moments yeah definitely i plan a lot more than i used to i didn't really ever plan anything well i'd like had sort of you know i might make some bullet points or whatever but these days you kind of don't want to waste people's time too much so good to actually know what you're doing but saying that i love i love it when i mean all the best stuff is just accidents and you know like things you never planned and um you know like just an, an actor will surprise you or with something that you didn't know they had they're capable of doing or i don't know 
something something might happen. It always reminds me though, like how in movies you can see the best performance in the world and it's incredible. But then when you see a person in a movie that's not an actor, you're like, oh, that still can't be replicated. Mm. That realness, you know, regardless of whether it's a real moment or just a person yeah. who may not even know they're in a movie, like you can't replicate that. So to get those moments, I think really, really resonate with people. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I get the feeling that the the Thai director, Apachapong, Ap- 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 does a lot of that. Like just, I, I think he uses a lot of um, just like real people, you know, and, and just sees what happens. I've seen Uncle Boon Me, but I saw it years ago, like you said. So mm. the movie itself feeling like it's a dream. My memory of it feels like one too, on top of it, just layers of it at this point. But I think more and more in term, from a filmmaker perspective, when I watch somebody's movie, just how in certain instances or entireties of the movie, how they know exactly what they're doing and they're accomplishing everything they want to. And you can just sense the confidence and understanding of what it is they want to accomplish and what they're accomplishing. And to be able to, to do what he does is so incredibly confident. Yeah, yeah. It's hard not to be like caught up in how impressive that is. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's, it's just every, it's all very, um, yeah, just bold decisions. Just like, yeah, like you say, confident. It really has like changed the way I think about stuff. Uh, you know, like going, you know, thinking ahead. I want to, you know, I want to make films and things. So he has really, he has made me think, you know, in a totally different way, which is great. You know, anybody that makes something and even if it's for a glimmer of a moment of the realization of like, you can do it this way or don't have to do it that way. Yeah. For other people in that regard to kind of test the boundaries of the medium to then make you realize what rules there are or maybe aren't at all. Mm. I know for me as a just strictly a viewer, it's invigorating to watch that. I imagine, you know, from your perspective too, that that's really exciting because you're, you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, another another color on the palette to possibly use down the line. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, I do. Well, it's like the thing we just made, the the Hermit. It's um, I, only a few people have seen it, so I don't really know what, like, I haven't had much feedback other than the immediate people uh, who were involved, but... You kind of think, oh, okay. It will, I mean, I do wonder whether we've just made something that's completely, you know, like just—I wouldn't say unwatchable, but you know, like it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't. It's, not, it's just bits. <laughs> it's just like a yeah. series of scenes, and whether people are gonna like enjoy that or not, I don't know. It's maybe I shouldn't worry, but I can only tell you from my perspective. I watched it three times. Oh, cool! I loved it. I absolutely loved it. You know, not having heard the song either, too. It was a, it was a lot to process. Mm. In terms of the song, the visuals accompanying each other to certain degrees, you know, like it was a, there was a lot going on. One of the times I had it on just in the background to listen to the song, and then I watched it the two other times, they work really well together. That's one thing I was curious about, by the way, about one thing that Richard said, I got this quote, not to be like overly professional about it, but he said something that really struck me, and it was in the, his interview with The Quietest, and it was, it's dangerous, dangerous with videos because you can either just describe what's happening in the song or else do something else that will distract. It's about trying to find a ground that's not going to hurt the song in any way that doesn't illustrate or explain but should still help deliver it. And it made me think about what the prospective job, at least on a certain, to a certain extent, of for a music video director is you're trying to get your vision across but you also probably you know don't want to distract from the song either so you're trying to balance those two things when you're crafting the conception of what this is for you and the visa video for the song is that a, is that what you're thinking too about 
Definitely, yeah. I think I think I worry. You know, it's def. It should be a, a the main one of the main things you think about. Is this is this harming the song? Is this like so? Um, you know, you, you, if you if you get it wrong, you can. <laughs> you know, people. It's going to turn people off from the music and the video, and you know the. So sometimes you have to, if you're really into your idea or you want desperately want to do something, but it's not working, you know, it just doesn't feel right with the song. You have to just like kill it off and um, and respect the 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 song and the artist who made it. Um, definitely, I mean, that's I I love music making music videos, but. Um, there has been time, like recently, I sort of think, oh, I just want to do my own thing where I don't have to worry about the person involved, the label, and, you know, the other people, you know, connected to it and, you know, yeah. just yeah. do your own thing. And I think this was a bit more that way, where I had a bit more freedom to, like, do what I wanted. But I'm still answering to people and Richard, you know. So I'm getting to a point where I really just want to do my own thing, as you know, and and not have to think about so selfish, think about yeah. others. Um, but uh, yeah, it's definitely a, it's definitely a thing you have to bear in mind. The hermit in that regard is maybe the closest thing you've gotten, I guess, through the prism of a music video to kind of doing a short film or something more approximating a feature because of you know the fact that it's well more feature length, but also. Because to your point, like you had more a little bit more creative control than you might normally have. Yeah, and you're not hitting so many points. You know, like three minute, four minute song. You've got to get to a certain. You've got to, you've got to hit points. You know, very quickly. You know, and and if you are telling some kind of story or there's some kind of plot or whatever, then you've got to do it very quickly. Whereas this, there was time, a lot of time to sort of spread it out a bit and and then you can um bring other elements in if that makes sense um yeah. so yeah we were talking about this but before we did it it is you know isn't, i'm not criticizing the track but it's an awkward amount it's not a full length thing and it's not a, it's not like you know like a short film or whatever it's kind of um it's sort of in between isn't it i don't know what i mean, I, don't, I don't really even know even now i don't really know what class short like what's the short film sort of length <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't think it is it's not i mean it's not really there's not any rules but let's say for like a feature you know in terms of what you define minute wise of a feature like is is an 80 minute movie a feature but a 70 minute movie isn't but i think anything you over know, an hour is a feature in my book i think so yeah so like coming in at 40 no that's 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 yeah, that's a short film still. It's an extended short film, I think, at the very least. 40 minutes, that's a good... We'll have this discussion at the Q&A. <laughs> That'll be Adam's first question, yeah. How yeah. many minutes <laughs> do we... Let's let's work this out. Let's do um, let's do, a pie, let's do a chart. Feature length or no, it's a theatrical release, so there you go. Yeah, technically, they can't take that away from me. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> happens now, I can say I've had a film... Did you watch it? Did you watch the entire thing in the theater setting when you were testing it? I didn't. No, I watched probably ten minutes, and then it was, I would have liked to, but I didn't want like the guy who was showing me it was like had some work to do. So oh, okay. I couldn't just say yeah, just leave me in here. So, but yeah, I did. I did a quick test the other day. It it was yeah, it was cool seeing up there. I imagine it plays really well on a big screen because especially when the song gets bigger 
and then you see these shots of the forest and then of these like rolling hills with bay hills and mountains and the sea it's very big expansive and it's beautiful beautiful is that the first time you work with drones no no i've worked with drones quite a few times before um I wasn't sure, you know, that was a suggestion from Richard quite early on, and I wasn't actually sure about that because he, he yeah, that was his one of his first sort of things. Let's just have some like really nice, great big, big landscapes and everything. And I, I wasn't thinking like that, but you know, I'm glad we did it, and I'm glad it kind of worked. I, I wanted it to feel like because I think sometimes with like drone stuff, it can just feel a bit like you're doing a an advert for the place you're where you're filming at you know yeah come to linton limit you know and experience this as a holiday you know but but this was supposed to be i i felt anyway that the drone shot's really about someone just like lifting off the ground and slowly sort of flying but not flying in a like you know superman style a sort of uh just sort of floating above the ground because it kind of like i guess it so some of the film is you could see the film as being like these different people playing different roles uh like role playing you know like in in the future uh like characters in a video game or yeah. virtual reality or something like that so i sort of saw the flying drone element as like going to the next you know when you're in a video game or whatever you like you need to get over to the next area you know it's kind of like that that's the way i saw it but you know everyone's see it differently but um that makes sense yeah i think richard's this album is about yeah i mean you've read that quietest thing so he it explains his thinking behind the album and i definitely like i was thinking along those lines as well when when we sort of planning the film and i've been fa- i've always been fascinated by like timelines and playing around with time you know is how does sort of you know just like the idea that everything could be a big jumble and yeah. what we're doing now it, i don't know i don't know what i'm saying <laughs> that's the thing though is like just the idea of like non-linear timelines the theoretical nature of time just stuff like that it does my head in like in my logical brain not in a bad way it's an exciting way but it just takes me a while to wrap my head around the concept of like time travel and the ripple effects from that you know like a couple of days ago I, I rewatched interstellar i've not seen that no great movie but it does a lot with you know wormholes and black holes and things where time is just a cute idea or at least linear time and so it takes me a while to wrap my head around it but it's a very exciting thought regardless even if i can't understand it initially at least it is i've always i've always been quite confident that it will in our lifetime we'll get to experience some kind of i'm not talking time travel necessarily but like i don't know i just feel like there's going to be this time where we it opens up and we can like experience things through the stuff we've recorded like or other people have recorded or taken photos of you know like that i'll be able to and this is kind of what the film like is a bit about like do i want to go back in time and sort of live the life of some rope maker in and i get to experience that through the stuff that I don't, know. I don't even know yeah. what I'm sort of saying, but you know what I mean. It's like, uh, or um... what's well, like that game Red Dead Redemption Two, for example. Well, that's actually sorry to butt in. That's, yeah, it linked that as um he mentioned that as like a, a, a like a reference in this. Oh, thing. really? Yeah, um, that game 
I mean, I'm not a video game player, so I don't really know it. But I, I know of it, but I don't. I don't. And also, Skyrim is it called Skyrim? Or yeah, that's a game. Yeah. The Kingdom Come Deliverance, I think, was another one. Okay. He he was about referencing these games. Okay. Yeah. So does that happen? Is it sort of similar thing that happens in that then? Oh yeah, you can do like day to day like rudimentary tasks that would be the everyday life of somebody in that from that time. Ah. You know, and you can do not side quests because they're not really that, but you can go fishing and just do that as long as you want to do. And like people on Twitch, at least you know, a couple of years ago, would just do streams of them fishing in Red Dead Redemption Two. Yeah. So it really is like it's not VR, but it about as immersive as non VR can be, I guess. See, I don't, I don't know this well, but I know that back in the day when I was at uni, God, like that's about university that's like 20 years ago or maybe less, maybe more than that yeah that's that's about it for me Gra- um grand theft auto is it oh, yeah. yeah yeah and and that, that and i ha- I, I made a video piece which was basically the guy just walking out to the sunset and just like watching the sun go down and that was it that was my video for like i don't know however long it was 20 minutes or whatever and um my tutor was discussed like he just didn't he didn't get it. I mean, I did. It wasn't good, but <laughs> but but I sort of feel like that. Like now, maybe that is what people enjoy with video games, like just sort of doing those weird things. Or maybe that's the point of some of these games. I'm probably not. Um, I should probably know a bit more before I start talking about it. But um, yeah, I definitely I saw that back in the day and and, and thought that's kind of where you, you could go with it just like doing really mundane things or just not moving at all and just sort of like living <laughs> to your point though about like being able to go back in time to a certain extent with vr for example mm. in terms of the immersiveness of some of these games in a not in the non-vr version and just the minutiae of these open world games you can do any little thing or do the yeah. official more cinematic missions those games are out there now so Mm. really it's just a matter of i guess creating that but designing it for vr to maximize it and then there you go and then it's kind of a ready player one immersive situation okay yeah i i need to know i i I, i'm probably not uh, equipped to talk about it because it's probably like um you know this stuff is all happening anyway i'm just like watching it and just going oh this could happen and it's already happened I've not done VR or anything, and I don't play a ton of video games, but, you know, I've played, like, GTA V, and it's one of those things where it's very cool and exciting and stimulating, but you can also get really lost in it in playing that. And so it's kind of like, this is cool, but I need to get away from this for a while. At a certain point, it's just like, oh, yeah, I've got to do all of this as I point to the real world. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It can be awesome, but it also can be counterintuitive, too. Yeah, the older I get, the less, I, the more nervous I get about it all. I was quite excited about it, you know, like 10, 15 years ago. Now I'm thinking of just the bad stuff that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just felt like science fiction then because it felt like theoretical. And now that it's here, it's like, oh shit, now what's the ripple effect from this? Yeah. And I think also, not to, I don't really want to talk about the pandemic, but <laughs> I'm sure yeah, you don't, yeah. but it's post pandemic. Now I sort of feel more like I want everything to be more real and i don't know why but and i don't know if other people feel like that i sort of like i like real things more now and sort of and not think too much you know just like i'd love to sort of completely slip away off social media really but um i don't think it's gonna happen but um do you mean in terms of like like quote unquote like real experiences or like tactile things just quantifiable things 
Yeah, yeah, both. Yeah, real experiences and tactile things. But that might just be a like a reaction to what we've just been through, and it might, you know, because I wasn't particularly like that before. But who knows? Um, I've had a similar reaction for sure. Oh right, yeah. Maybe there's lots of people out there that's, that feel the same way. It's um, yeah, it's interesting to know, like in years to come, where we look back, what what how our brains changed. For Steve Mason's video, No More, you used fisheye camera or fisheye lens a lot. Is that the correct word to the word? It was actually like one of these 360 cameras that um, oh, okay. I never used before. And um, it was a really, uh, it was a really great, well, it was quite a tricky, I mean, it was great. It was fun to like do film. Afterwards, it's quite hard because you then, you've just got like endless possibility. You could just like look anywhere, you know, move anywhere you like, you know. Um, so the edit was really hard and, 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 and I was up against it time wise. So, um, I don't think I'm going to, don't think I'm going to use one of those again for a while. <laughs> Maybe something could be said for having limitations. Yeah. Realizing like, oh, I can't do every possibility. Cause I, I would just have analysis paralysis at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I had, so I, my thing was a time thing, you know, like I had two weeks to edit it, so I couldn't just go on forever. But, um, uh, it's really, it's really cool to play around with, um, and it's quite exciting to, you know, I didn't really, I thought before I did it, I thought I was going to like do some, maybe some more interesting things with it. But in the end, I kind of, you know, like experiments and stuff. But um, in the end, we just jumped around on a sand dune and <laughs> ran around London. But um, yeah, I think it all worked out okay. That did the trick. It's a pretty visually arresting video. Yeah. It's really cool. Quite colourful. Mm, quite bold yeah i wanted to like you know i loved growing up i loved uh i don't know if we talked about this on the last podcast you might have done uh the uh, the old uh, hype williams videos from the 90s so yeah that's what i thought about yeah yeah, yeah it's i love that kind of like cartoony kind of yeah the fisheye kind of style like um thing so it was kind of i guess it was like a chance to do something like in that world obviously not as bold as you know <laughs> there wasn't the money to create those kind of sets and moments but yeah a low budget version did you direct the pakistan scenes remotely i did it uh green screen the green screen stuff i did okay um, i had a team over there to do the uh the shots out in the wild but yeah that, that, looked, that was fun um he's quite a big bollywood guy a uh, guy who's recorded quite a lot of um, soundtrack stuff and we actually said oh I said well I wanted him to go out on this sort of busy street and he was like they got back to me and said oh James we just we'd love to do it but we think he's too he'll get mobbed if he's you know wow. like, he's that sort of loved uh, for his Bollywood stuff that he um he might get recognized and mobbed so they didn't want to do that but he's yeah he was a fun person to direct this reminds me of in a weird way like the experience of watching rrr earlier this year after never having seen it have you seen that movie i uh, know no rrr it's incredible okay it's a um tengulu film which is a i guess a province of india it's this director ss rajmuli the movie is three hours long and it is some of the most delightfully batshit action you'll ever see. It's an amazing movie. I'm not kidding. Like, not exaggerating. I'm trying to look it up now and see if I recognize it. No, never seen. I've seen it just looking at the image now. Cannot recommend it enough. It's amazing. Okay. <clears throat> 4.2 on Letterboxd. 
pretty good. Amazing movie. I was just going to relate it back very broadly to how you can discover people on the other side of the world and just get completely opened up to a totally new industry in the case of RRR or just artistry because like, you know, you the artist that you worked with for this music video, I had no idea about him, let alone the fact that he's so big he'd prospectively get mobbed. Yeah, yeah. It really made me want to, you know, when the budget is there and I'm able to, I'd love to go to other countries and like shoot videos over there in the you know, different countries and with different crews and stuff that'd be really exciting i don't know how possible that is now but um yeah it did make me think oh wouldn't it be amazing to like just every you know like every couple of months go just like try and get a job in a you know a different place you'd never been before and just make it up as you go along yeah just keep moving maybe even not coming back to england just like right i'm gonna go to um you know like i don't know india for this one then i'll fly to i mean i don't know who's gonna pay for this then i'll fly to like canada <laughs> and then i'll fly back to spain or whatever i don't know it reminds me of um the director tarsum tarsum singh he directed the cell and the movie the fall uh which i dearly love part of how he was able to shoot the fall in like 30 countries or something he would take like uh, commercial jobs in different countries to then be able to steal shots for his movie oh that's such a great idea it's yeah. so clever I love that, yeah. That reminds me, I mean, it's totally different, but I quite like it. This, there's one thing, that, did you ever see the um, guy who made a film in Ikea? And, it, you know, Ikea? Like yeah. Got, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, sorry. And um, he just walked around with these different actors and they made like a soap opera in Ikea. Just, um, I mean, I don't, that, it just triggered that memory to me. It's not that similar to what you were saying, but... That's something I, oh, God, it's so good. I wish I'd done that. I don't know. That's quite a while ago now. But yeah, like cheat. I like the idea of cheating, cheating, making something out of like cheating someone into believing that you're doing something else. It reminds me of uh, like William Friedkin did that a fair amount with um, The French Connection. He would just steal shots. Nobody knew that they were filming like that very famous chase sequence underneath like the L train. They didn't get clearance to film that. So it was just a car with a camera driving full speed through actual traffic to the point where they crashed the car several times in different takes. Yeah. Or they would get shots in the subway and they would have a camera sitting on a wheelchair and just cover it up with like a blanket and then film. I'm all for all that kind of stuff, definitely. But th then I also then have that niggling feeling like if something goes wrong and someone dies, am I going to go to hell for this? Yes. I, I didn't used to have that that voice but now i do so i was i was always like willing to take a few risks but now it's like um yeah i probably need to be a bit more careful i don't know how do we go 60 percent guerrilla filmmaking like somewhere more in that middle to where we're stealing shots and we're getting things organically but also like oh sorry sorry yeah no it's fine you know like being polite about it yeah yeah i think it is and as another thing with age just like you get you get it uh, you take less risks and uh you're more worried about hurting people's feelings i think yeah i don't think uh Werner herzog is going to make a Fitzcarraldo 2 anytime soon he doesn't seem to like he's still pretty um you know he's pretty out there isn't he still now he's a maverick he's a different kind of like he's not really like a yeah he's made of different things so he's arguably not of earth yeah, he's um in the best in the i cannot be more uh effusive in my praise of him i love him dearly yeah uh, but he is built differently I watched the um, the volcano one the other day. The one he narrated. Have you seen that? Um, I forgot what it's called. With the couple that like 
the crafts yeah yeah he, he narrated uh, one which was really great i've not seen that but um i will say in two days now that i think about it in america the uk and ireland <clears throat> excuse me or england and ireland um a a documentary about the crafts made by someone else called uh, Did you uh high? yeah she narrates it so yeah yeah um fire of love fire of love is gone both came out at the same time yeah it's really odd um so i think that like the craft documentary for Werner herzog was like an offshoot of the documentary he did on volcanoes which i've seen and so i and, and so they're in it a little bit um and i think he just expanded that into a feature but uh fire of love is one of the best movies i've seen all year really it's incredible and it comes out on disney plus in like two days what other what other films are up there for you this year? What have you liked? Ooh, that is a great question. Let me try to bring up my list that I have it. Thankfully, my list up now. Well. Say Letterboxd allows me to log everything, which I love doing. Uh, what, what's your name yeah. on there? Brandon R. Am I following you already, Brandon R? I don't think so. Actually, I don't think I'm following. Probably not you. good for the podcast. Just us looking up. <laughs> See, I'm trying to look up real fast what my favorites of the year because i have i just watch so much stuff i can have no memory at this point yeah you're point. watching like one a day aren't you just I mean, just about yeah i mean um as well i'm trying i what i mean i was and now i'm i'm really behind but i think it's a good thing to sort of to get in well if you want you know if you're making stuff or you're you're reviewing or whatever good habit to be in is to like just cram one in every day it's it's good to just keep it going, but also like the, you know it it allows more diversification because you can go to this that because I really don't have any kind of plan in terms of I'm gonna watch the entire filmography of X director. I don't really think that way because it's just kind of whatever my mood is. I like my way of thinking is I like to basically what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to watch different films from different genres and different countries in like it, it all jumbled up so that the when it it end when I when I soak all this stuff up what comes out will be like a different, a weirder mix. Yeah. It, it will like kind of, I don't know. That's, that's the way I'm thinking is like, uh, just like watch some like, I don't know, Turkish horror film and then watch some, you know, like, are they just seeing that's, what might pop out afterwards? A cinematic gumbo. You want, yeah. you know, disparate uh, elements that shouldn't go together, but thankfully do and are delightful. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm trying to see, um, be disgusting it might come out i will say that you know this is not like an necessarily like the most artistic choice but i loved nope loved that oh, movie. i loved that it movie. i thought it was great i loved it the last hour is like probably one of the best like action sequences ever i think i love yeah, it it's an incredible movie like um i think i think that's to me easily his best movie and i think jordan peele is an incredible filmmaker it's very impressive I think, oh, I don't know, maybe Us was. I think Us might just edge it, but... It's it's tough, but I, that one has stuck with me more than the other two, is that his previous two, uh, Get Out and Us. Because, um, like, I watched Nope, couldn't stop thinking about it, and rewatched it within 24 hours. Yeah. Which doesn't happen all too often. Um, what do you have on your list? I'm looking at mine right now. Um, I'm just going through it. What have I watched this year that I loved... Oh, did I see it this year? Burning. Have you seen Burning? That movie is incredible. I think it's amazing. I think it was last year actually, I saw it, but that, that's always in my mind whenever I, people say, "What have you seen recently?" Because it, I just, it really affected me, um, and I think about it all the time. But um, I really loved the mood of that and the feel of that. 
Um, what else did I watch that I really... That's also, by the way, like a a vibes movie, like a quiet, you know, like it... Yeah. it there's a lot of um, silence in it and just letting the movie breathe, but it's so self-assured and so... Like, he knows exactly what he's doing. Uh, really, really impressive movie. Like, it's two and a half plus hours, but, like, endlessly rewatchable. I've rewatched it, I rewatched it this year. What else did he do? Um... Let me see. He's got a new movie that I think came out. I like Recently. Drive My Car. It wasn't him, but I like Drive My Car. Incredible movie. That was quite uh, good. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed The Worst Person in the World. That, I watched that the other day. A very uh, tonally impressive movie. Yeah. By Joachim Trier. That's a really good movie. Um, let me see. Uh, see, I've in terms of like all the Oscar movies that are out coming out, I haven't seen... Most of them yet, but I will be. Uh, like Tar and things like that. Um, you know, the Banshees of uh, Inersham, Inner, Inisherin. I still need to see. Um, I did really, you know, speaking of like impressive tonal balances, I did see uh, Barbarian the other day. I was really impressed by it. Really, really impressive. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw that you watched it. Yeah, I watched it a couple of days ago at cinema and I just really enjoyed it. It was just fun, like kind of, it was hor- It was scary, but it yeah. was um it was just it was uh i really it was quite interesting the way they linked those sort of like the different uh, two completely different tones and the way they merge them i love the bit where it just shifts into the 50s or 50s sort of scene when he's out like yes he's out shopping that was great and it was cool that he shot it in the medium of the 80s to make it look authentic yeah like he shot it with like an 80s style camera i guess uh, but the way the colors popped, it was really fascinating. Was it supposed to be the 50s or 80s? It was supposed to be the 80s. Oh, was it? Oh, I don't know why I'm saying 50s then. <laughs> it's got that, that feel to it, you know, like yeah. the the wide-eyed 80s of it. Because the, the colors were brighter and really, it was really just, uh, the cinematography was fantastic. Um, and I think that the director, Zach Kreger, described it as, in terms of the house, and I'm not going to say specifics about it, but... He described it as upstairs is a David Fincher film and downstairs is a Sam Raimi film. And I was like, oh, I like that a lot. That's fun. That's a nice way of putting it, yeah. Well, we need to wrap it up. Um, yeah, it's good to talk to you, though. Yeah, I love this. this yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been two years. So, two yeah. years. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it. Chatting again, doesn't it feel like it was maybe a couple of months ago or something? It really does. It's pretty wild how that works, especially, you know, speaking of, like, <laughs> time... Boy, could have told me it was five years ago or one month ago. But I love this. And uh, what all, I know the obvious thing, the hermit, what all do you want to point people toward before we wrap it up? Yeah, so uh, point, well, yeah, the hermit, which I think will come online at some point uh, after it's had its screenings. Okay. And I guess just, yeah, if it's a personal thing, just, yeah, follow my Instagram is probably the best place to follow what I'm doing. Um, That's Hankins with two underscores. Um and uh what else yeah i've got some cool things coming up at the start of next year which yeah it's like like i said to you earlier it's sort of stuff that i used to love a, a band that i used to love so um I'm, I'm looking forward to that but i definitely next year i really want to like try and write and direct more um shorts and you know just things selfishly things for myself yeah <laughs> you know? And try and get some um try and get some funding 
for that, I guess, or just just make really cheap stuff that doesn't cost anything, and just make um, interesting little things. So yeah, I I'm, I feel I feel excited again. I had a couple of years of like being not particularly motivated, and now I'm I probably don't sound motivated now, but I um uh, I'm get I'm feeling like I'm getting going again, and it's like uh, I'm remembering what I want to do in my life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how I want to do it and 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 uh yeah so we have a lot of momentum right now and it seems like that's only to your point I think you, you posted in your uh, Instagram story yesterday how you got contacted prospectively for like two jobs maybe or something about people of whom you're a fan yeah yeah, yeah yesterday randomly quite yeah so two yeah I was so it feels yeah it feels like you know you go through pay, uh, a few things don't you where you nothing happens then suddenly you get a few people asking to do stuff so feels nice to um be busy yeah that's exciting really exciting well thank you again for doing this i love, no I love it. so easy so fun as i now turn to the audience thank you all for listening please stay safe please take care be well be kind to yourself be kind to others lead with empathy and yeah stay safe bye bye